The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron in Proverbs 27:17, and that's the goal of this podcast, for you and I to learn from Christians whose heart's desire is to serve and please God. I pray that these Bible truths and practical ideas will challenge and inspire you to do more for our Savior, Jesus Christ. This is the second episode of Mike and McCurry Live. Hope you enjoy. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one. I believe we are live across Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope with the man, the myth, the legend, Spencer Smith. He is a published author. He is a let's see what are you you are a master of memes you yeah you're a bench press boss um let's say you're a youtube personality you're big on twitter so am i missing anything um uh 24 inch pythons it's so all right um, with a sweater on so you got to remember those with a sweater very nice very (laughs) nice so i have with me spencer smith missionary spencer smith preacher spencer smith and uh how do you with the folks for just a second tell them uh who you are well i i work with international baptist outreach missions and what we do is we train national pastors in kenya and uganda to reach their own people and uh, god has been seeing we're right now are at the 150 churches mark and uh, the lord has done great things over there and i work as as a field representative i i travel in churches help raise money for the funds over there and then i'm over in the country two three times a year doing youth camps and uh conferences and teaching in our bible college and just basically overseeing that ministry so that's basically what i do and uh, it's been a lot of fun awesome and how, how long have you been doing that for uh, right, about twelve years now. Fantastic, and now uh, you have a, a wife, some kids. What do you got? I got a wife and four awesome kids that do what I say sometimes, and so <laughs> that's what it is. I, I, I know what that's like. We, um, <laughs> Emmy, my do- oldest daughter, is nineteen months now, and I, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, that, that terrible twos thing, or whatever. Yeah. She's just like your dad very stubborn and so we're, we're figuring that out um and so we're right. setting the boundaries and I, I realized when i start saying i am tired of you doing this i'm like mm, maybe i should have headed that one off of the past long before we got to i'm tired yeah, yeah well but, see, i was taught uh, about to, to fight the little devils and mm-hmm. uh and uh, fight them when they're little, and that way they don't, you know, it's it's better to have a knockdown drag out with a three-year-old than a 13-year-old. Yep. And so... Yep. <laughs> and, and that's why I put the put the wall. That's a, that's a dirty word these days. Put the walls down now, uh, <laughs> and uh, and figure out what we got going on. We we just I just put in a little accent table. Just got tonight up by my wife's chair. And where, where is she sitting? And she just thought it was the greatest thing to just pull all the drawers out and just yank them right off the tracks. Oh, and yeah. so wow. we, had, we had a little bit of a soiree over that situation. But hey, that's, that's, hey, the that's, joy, that, that's the joy of parenting. So where are you at right now? Where are, are you? Where, where, where are you? I am in a bomb shelter somewhere. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm in, uh, I'm in my house. Uh, we actually live right south of Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, this is where we base out of, and this is where we're at right now. And uh, so we, we love it, man. It's been good. God's, God's placed us here, and uh, and we know He did it, and so we're, we're just glad. We, we're at a Lighthouse Baptist Church, Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Fantastic people that love us and uh, and and just pray for us and faithful uh, to be a part of our ministry through prayer. So uh, we just we, we couldn't be happier with how the Lord has kind of designed things for us. It's been great. Amen. Now, um, the awesome thing about going live is you get to see some hearts go up, some likes go up, things like that. Um, we have Mr. Elisha Little, um, I believe, soon to take the last name Coral. I think he's going to, um, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. But um, yeah. Or Elisha Coral Little or Little Coral, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, maybe hyphenate it. But um, um, he, he commented <laughs> he is an American man. Enough said, talking about you. Um, oh, and, yeah. 
And so uh, he also he also said a hashtag build the wall. We, we, we I don't know how political we're going to get today, but um, uh, but Elisha Lewis chiming in, uh, Joe Joe uh, Joseph Romoli the third, a friend of mine. He said mine take after their papa beating his dad. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that between him and his dad. Um, but anyway, so you are in the states, and you you work with national pastors and we'll, we'll kind of jump, maybe just jump right into it. We're going to get to all kinds of different stuff tonight, but so I want to talk a little bit about, about missions. And it's one of those things that we see missionaries come through our churches all the time. Good Baptist churches have missionaries and all the time missions conferences once or twice a year. And you're working with national pastors. So what, what does that mean? How, how does that work with, with what you're doing over there in Kenya? Well, you know, in in maybe a hundred years of traditional missions, um, you know, we're in 2019. Let's so let's just go back to Billy Sunday till now. Um, there have been so many uh, Englishmen, Scotsmen, American men who've gone overseas and done great works and left behind uh, disciples. And so, um, and man, they just they've just done a great job. And and these men are solid men. They're independent, fundamental Baptist kind of guys. They believe exactly like we do. They're not compromisers. And uh, we have found that if, you know, if, if you're working to try to start churches, um, rather than kind of take the route of an American having to basically dismantle everything about his own being and learn a language and just, you know, basically un-Americanize himself and then make himself something in that, that's that's uh, functional in that culture. We found that they, that you know, that's not a bad thing, but there is another way. And you can take these men who are solid guys who are, you know, doctrinally straight and you can help them, give them tools and give them training, give them Bibles, give them gospel tracts and, and just a couple little things along the way, not really expensive stuff, but some good stuff along the way. And these guys can go off and, and basically reach their own people. Dr. Wendell Runyon ran into a man named Francis Nadleva in an airport in Nairobi, led him to Christ and through correspondence trained this man uh, for the ministry, taught him the Bible. Well, Francis went off and uh, was a had a burden for a village right north of Nairobi called Mananja. Mananja was a witchcraft capital of Kenya at the time. Well, Francis went in there uh, with the teachings that Dr. Runyon had given him and the training that Dr. Runyon had given him. And Francis went in there and into Mananja. And today, Mananja has seven independent fundamental Baptist churches that have been started. No longer do they declare Mananja the witchcraft capital of Kenya is basically all gone. It's been run out. The gospel did that. And a lot of these witches got saved. And a lot of these uh, uh, you know, a lot of these people that were in there got their life turned around through the preaching of Francis Nadleva. Okay, um, another man that he met on that trip was a man named Anthony Eckacall. Anthony Eckacall was a trained, solid, I mean, educated BBFI national pastor in Kenya. Well, Dr. Runyon gave him $50 a month and, and supported him. He went out to Western Kenya and Anthony Ekakal has started the Malaba Outreach Baptist Church. 19,000 something people were there in August of 2018 in one church service at this church. Okay. Um, Anthony Ekakal is a national guy and out of his church, he started a hundred churches. So we found that if you can, you know, support these guys for pennies on the dollar and just enable them to go off and reach their own people, that they're much much more effective and much more cost effective uh, to reach their own folks. And listen, uh, the thing the thing is, you know, we, we live in a day now where national pastors is is something we have to have a serious talk about in mission strategies, because, I'm, I'm, you know, I hate to say it. And as, as much as it pains me to say it, there just aren't enough of these couples that that are coming out of these colleges to go and fill every little nook and cranny in the world. There's just not enough of them. So we have to kind of, in a sense, multiply ourselves. Um, this is this is a this is a common sense solution. This is a biblical solution, and this is the only way world evangelism is going to be done. And um, so, like you know, the book of Acts chapter number twenty, Paul's talking to a group of elders. The Bible uses the term Ephesian elders. That does not mean men that are pastoring in Ephesus. This means these are Ephesian men who are pastoring in. Ephesus. So these, in a sense, are national pastors, okay? And so the Apostle Paul trained them, taught them, commended them to the Lord, and he left them. And so that's that's why church, the Church of Ephesus existed, is because Paul trained a national man, and, and that's what happened. So, uh, you know, not doing anything weird out of the box. I mean, it's really 
Bible and really it's common sense, but uh, it's just, you know, the, the big question is how do you go about doing it? And we found that you can do it if you keep them accountable. And uh, that's something that we have been able to establish through our conferences, through letters, through all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's it's really been very helpful to see all that. That's awesome. Now, where, where do you think, and not to dive too deep into it right now, but where do you think the, the hiccup is? Is it an us for no more type deal? Is it, is it, um, uh, we really want to reach our Jerusalem and we're only going to, you know, and we're almost forgetting mission. Is it a f- failure to launch out into missions in the first place? Um, wh- where is the disconnect between, and I guess in the understanding, not to throw too many things at you, but the understanding that we need exponential growth, not just multiplying growth. We need exponential growth. So where do you think the disconnect is in missions, even laying aside national pastures? Where's the disconnect right now? Well, um, you know, um, men, and I hate to say it, but like, you know, I, I love the ministry of Dr. Jack Hiles. I think Jack Hiles was a great soul winner and all that kind of stuff. But uh, men like Jack Hiles, they, they they were, in a sense, almost like a Jerusalem-only mindset. It's like, we're going to run buses, we're going to reach everybody in our town, and we're going to build the biggest church in our in our city. And then, but but the emphasis really was not anything beyond that, okay? It was, there was no, there was no real vision beyond the county line. And I, I think that's, that, I think that that is, um, and it's not a bad thing what they were doing. I mean, it's really not. Um, I've got a message that I'm, I'm probably going to put in print someday on a tale of two churches. And um, basically, the book uh, the book of Acts starts out in Jerusalem, and Pentecost actually happened in Jerusalem. 3,000 are saved in Jerusalem. Uh, another uh, 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost, another 2,000 are saved. Uh, but it was not until Acts chapter 8 that these people went outside of Jerusalem. OK, God had to send a persecution and they were scattered abroad uh, throughout the region. And then a church formed up in Antioch and this church in Antioch, Acts chapter 13, they heard the heavenly vision. They saw it and and they were obedient and they, you know, the Holy Ghost said, send me forth men. I'm, I'm going to go do this. And they were the missions church. So the church of Jerusalem was reaching a lot of people doing a great job, but they really weren't fulfilling exactly what God said. God said, go everywhere. And they went to Jerusalem. And so this isn't anything new. I mean, it's really not. I mean, it's that, you know, you have the church of Jerusalem who reached their own people and then you have the church of Antioch who reached their own people and went beyond to the regions beyond. So it's so, super so, interesting. Um, now, the Greek word fails me right now. Um, maybe you can help me. Chiasmus? I, I can't remember. But anyway, it, it's a literary term uh, with an X. Um, and Luke obviously wrote Luke and the book of Acts. And uh, Luke has Jesus's um, earthly ministry, as do the four Gospels, his earthly ministry, how basically leading to Jerusalem. He ends up in Jerusalem. Acts begins in Jerusalem and goes out to the world. So basically, Luke is coming to Jerusalem, and then you have, so the the X, the center point, the, the important, the well, yeah. not the, the important spot, but you know, a literary type thing, and. But I think a lot of times we kind of focus on, like you're saying, we kind of have the deal where it's all coming to Jerusalem, but we never go beyond that. Right, we, we, right. We, we lose the act side of it, the entire second act. Um, sure. And so sure. it's, it's absolutely true what you're saying. Now, you know, I hate to present a problem with no solution. Is it, do you, in your opinion, is it a... Uh, methodological thing is it a ph- philosophical thing what, what what wires need to be rearranged in in american mm-hmm. primarily american men's minds to realize the need and how to how to go about it well, uh, you know, anytime you're dealing with people, we're always going to fall short <laughs> in so many different ways, you know. Um, and and that's the thing is that, you know, the church is it, we're, we're trying our best. There's areas I fail and I, I just Lord showed me a couple of things last night, even in my own life I, I need to work on. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that the Lord put it in. Five times in the New Testament, he put it, you know, everywhere. Go into all the world. Mark 16 uh, and Luke, and, and he put it uh, in Matthew 28 and John, uh, I believe, 19 and Acts chapter 1. It's all there. Uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost. And so it's been plain as day throughout the Bible. I think I think the problem is not only with that, but with all areas where the Lord's commanded us, we just have to submit and obey. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, I, I, there's churches out there that uh, they have little to no emphasis on 
missions. Uh, there's churches out there that they have uh, they have all missions and no emphasis on reaching the Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. so there, you know, there's all kinds of imbalances I see out there. Um, I, you know, I know churches um, right now that they they give six figures a year to missions, but they've never knocked on a door in their town. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, there there's ditches on both sides of all this, and and um, so the you know the secret is just just obey what the Lord said. The Lord said, go in Jerusalem. Okay, go soul winning. That's that's a that's what we're supposed to do. We're commanded by the Lord, but also says to go to the uttermost part of the earth. Mm-hmm. And I've always challenged folks. You know, you need to leave this country. Um, if you know, if you were to take a poll in the average Baptist church, how many of you have your passport? Um, it would probably be a quarter, maybe a forty yeah. percent, uh, actually have their passport. And so, how are you going to fulfill the Great Commission and go overseas and reach people overseas, in addition to reaching people at home, if you don't even have a passport? And so, uh, you know, that's just that's just a thing. We have to just submit to what the Lord said for us to do. And, uh, and I think we all fall short of that in well, many areas. I love that because it, it's back to basics. You know, there's nothing. We are fundamentalists. There's nothing complicated about what we're supposed to be doing. Uh, we have a gentleman in our church, a retired pastor. His name is Bob Fleming. Awesome. Love hearing him preach. And yeah. one of his... I hate to, I wouldn't even call it a hobby horse because it's, it is the horse that needs to be beaten into, until it's dead is you need tracks in your pocket. If you don't have tracks in your pocket, you can't pass tracks out. And that's one of, that's one of his things. But that, I think that, that kind of dovetails with what you're saying. We can't get so farsighted on missions and reaching the uttermost and being, you know, gone all the time to, to go on mission trips and all these different types of things and forget about the fact that we do have an area right in our zip code that needs to be reached as well. So there's, like you said, balance, balance, balance. Now yeah. in, in, you, do you say a dozen years you've been working in Kenya? 12 years now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now, what are, what are some of the big events that you have? I know you have a, a kind of a conference there. You have a youth, a youth deal. What, what all do you have going on? What are some of the highlights of the year for you guys? Well, we uh, we we had a youth conference in every December uh, this past year. We had right at five thousand teenagers show up to this youth conference as a basically a camp in in Western Kenya, and uh, man, we had uh, about twelve hundred or so saved this year. It's fantastic, phenomenal harvest of young people. Uh, but then our our big big meeting is in August every year, the end of August, and uh, we were there in uh, this year. Brother Tony Wilcoxon went with me, and then we have a pastor friend of ours named Chant. Chad Kennison, he went with us, and uh, he's from Swainsboro, Georgia. And uh, man, we had nineteen thousand people show up to the Malab Outreach Baptist Church, and we had four thousand four hundred twelve people get saved during our conference. And so that's in ten days' time, man. And and that's just the big highlight of our year: uh, meeting with our pastors, teaching them, and then go to an open air evangelism, soul winning with them. And uh, bro, I, I, there's I don't think there's anything else in the world like it. I really don't. I mean, it, it is really one of a kind. And, so, uh, what are the nuts and bolts of uh, something, uh, uh, something of that magnitude? I mean, how does the word go out? Is it a deal where it is the thing that's happening? Everybody knows about it. It's a yearly thing where everyone in the area is coming to it, or how do nineteen thousand people descend on this area? Is it I mean, through door to door soul winning, or what is it that brings all these people? Well, they, they do a lot of local promotion, a lot of uh, flyers passed out, a lot of door-to-door soul winning is promoted. Uh, but all of this, this is a locked-in event. These pastors know it's happening. And uh, there's a lot of, I mean, there's months of planning ahead of time. And uh, that's what we got. And we had to have the service outside uh, because it's just it's just so many people. And so we, we rent a PA system and uh, and we just we just turn it up all the way and preach to all these people. <laughs> It's great. Now you said Brother Wilcoxon got to go with you this past uh, uh, this past year. Now, if someone was interested, and I I can't echo enough what you said, people got to get out of the U.S. They've got to see the other side. They've got to see third world. They've got to see. I got to go. uh, My dad was in the military, and so got to live um, in Germany for four years. You got to live all over the U.S., but because we live in Germany, Europe being a little bit smaller, um, we got to see a lot of different countries over there: Belgium, France, um, Poland, all those different types of things, uh, and got to go to uh, to Israel uh, about two years ago now uh, with Golden State Baptist College. They, they did a trip there. And those are life-changing things. Those are I, I, to not to uh, to add to a well-known phrase, but the only difference between you and you five years from now are the people you, you meet and the books you read. Well, one of, yep. But I would add to that the places you go. Because seeing the the conditions, seeing the the state, the spiritual state of all these places yeah. will change it. 
And so I can't yeah. recommend that enough. So if somebody wanted to go to Kenya, they wanted to see what the yep. what the other side lives like. What what would the what would they need to do? How could they contact you, or, or and what kind of costs would they be looking at uh, to do that? Well, they can find me on Facebook. I'm I'm there. I'm on I'm on Twitter as well at Bro Spencer, and uh, that's where I'm at on there. But you can just send me an email, missionary Spencer Smith at gmail.com. and uh, just I'll say that again, uh, missionary Spencer Smith at gmail.com. and then you can just contact me. I mean, we I I, I take pastors there all the time, um, getting ready to do a, a trip here probably very soon, and so uh, the Lord's really blessing that, and I, I'm just looking forward to what God's doing. But yeah, people are welcome to come. Uh, you got to pay for your airfare plus about fifteen hundred dollars is what the cost is. Airfare goes up and down, so it's it's hard to tell. But uh, you'll need about fifteen hundred dollars while you're there on the ground with us, and uh, and just pay for your airfare, and you're good to go, man. Come on, love to have That'd you. That'd be awesome. I, I, again, I can't recommend that enough. So, what else do you got going on? You're you're a missionary now. Um, that takes up a lot of your time. I, I fear you're, you're, yeah. preaching, you're raising support. You're helping again, keep the accountability with national pastors. What else you got going on? Well, I'm, uh, I'm just busy traveling, preaching all over the country, man. I'm, I'm, I'm booked up, uh, uh, for almost getting ready to fill out the rest of the year of my schedule here, just preaching all over the place, man. And, uh, the Lord is blessing us. So I'm really thrilled for all that. Just, it's been, I, I'm, I'm way too busy. I really am. I, uh, between, <laughs> between uh, trying to take care of myself and trying to shoot some guns on the side and everything. And so it's been good. I've actually got my uh, gun right here um, for some reason. I don't know why. I just have guns laying around the house. We're not even monetized and you're going to demonetize us, man. (laughs) Is that what happened? No, no, it's all right. It's completely right. Stick to the man, man. This is just a toy. This is just a toy. So yeah, I got yeah. So, but, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I just, uh, wait, I have a lot of fun. Um, so you talk about, you talk about demonetized on YouTube right there. <laughs> oh Lord. That That's... thing. I can't get my channel monetized. They won't, they wouldn't even approve it. I'd see if they approve it, but they wouldn't even prove it yet. Hmm. And, uh, maybe rolling, rolling the big bucks over on, over on YouTube. So, so what's been going on, not to segue too much, but what's been going on with you over on the YouTube with what you've been posting the well, oh, it, yeah, it's it's a it's a long story. Okay, I wrote a book, "Calling Evil Good: The Live Christian Rock and Roll." God's given me some very unique experience. Uh, I've grown up. I, I grew up around evangelical people all my life, and uh, I grew up lost. and And I kind of I kind of started seeing trends, you know, throughout my life of these people. A lot of these folks, you know, they were they they started instead of going off and being preachers and missionaries. I noticed they wanted to be like rock stars for Jesus. And I kind of thought, you know, I'm sixteen years old. I'm like, you know, there's something wrong with that why would you want to be like a a christian version of steven tyler why would you even want to be that that's a little weird and so when i got saved god really helped me see that the there's there's an industry out there that's fraudulent and there are people out there who are creating entertainment and they're calling it worship and uh, they have an industry and they're disguising it as ministry and uh and so i thought you know this whole thing's a gigantic fraud and so i'm gonna i'm gonna call it out and just show the things that i know um basically we live in a day now where everything's calling itself christian i mean i don't know if you saw uh, but mike pence's uh wife took a job at a christian school there in virginia and later Lady Gaga was one of the biggest vocal critics, and she's saying, I'm a Christian, too, and this man is not representing Christianity. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lady Gaga, if you're—I mean, if if Lady Gaga is a Christian, I'm a Russian ballerina, okay? <laughs> I mean, really, I, I mean, we're, get me a tutu, okay, Because because I'm a Russian ballerina. That woman is a psychopath. She is a demonic— I mean, she's a demoniac. She really is. And uh, and so we live in a day, I mean, I mean Hulk Hogan saying he's saved. Um, I mean, everybody's saying they're born again, and they have no evidence of that other than just some intellectual assent that they believe in God. And we understand, believing from the Bible, you know, being a Christian is a person who's born again. They've confessed with their mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in their heart that God raised them from the dead, and they're saved. And God changed their life. They're new creatures in Christ. And, you know, and, and that's, that's really the gospel. The gospel is not saying, I believe in Jesus. That's not the gospel gospel. Um, the gospel is repenting your sins and trusting Christ and being born again. That's the gospel. And so basically we have, there's, there's, there's a false brand of Christianity out there that has false Bibles, it has false churches, and it has false worship. And the easiest way to identify it is is uh, is by calling out the false worship. And, um, and so what I did in my book is I presented a model. I said, here's how it works, okay? Here's how they, they play the game. I said, the game is played when a little girl in a church is discovered she has some talent 
Okay. And then she starts running the circle of these churches and kind of building up her momentum and building up her name in a church circle type setting. And then eventually after that swells big enough, then the major leagues call that like the um, Columbia records and all the Sony calls. And then that's when they go from that into the big leagues, which is, which is they go to mainstream pop rock country music, that kind of stuff. Uh, notice of no, uh, notable people who have done that are people like Britney Spears uh, has done that. Beyonce Knowles did that. Um, and uh, let's see, Katy Perry did that. Uh, Amy Grant did that. Amy Grant's in con- uh, country music now. And, um, and so, and, and all of a sudden one came down the pike and I said, you know what? I'm going to call this one out. I- I'm going to call it. And her name was Lauren Daigle. Okay, and uh, I said, I said, this girl's this girl's doing the exact same thing. I said, she's playing a game. And so I put out a video called Lauren Daigle's a fraud. Okay, you'd have thought I dropped a a hydrogen bomb on Hiroshima. I mean, you'd have have thought I mean, I'm talking about I'm sitting there looking at my phone and seeing it go from fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred to 25,000 views to 50,000 views. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, what have I done? And, uh, and, and and the only thing people are saying on these videos is judge not, how dare you judge, how dare you judge that, and, 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 and it's just like, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on? It's just, you know, these like the programmed response, you know, of these, of these left-wing evangelical people. And so I said, okay, let's do another one. And I did a video called My Apology to Lauren Daigle. And I basically got on there. I said, I'm so sorry. She's standing up for God. She's doing such a great job. And I said, matter of fact, let me, let me show you an interview that I found of her, of her standing for Jesus. And I just kind of clipped it in when she did a, 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 a <laughs> interview with Billboard magazine. And she flat out denied Christianity. I mean, it was like the most, I mean, like, you know, the apostle Peter's looking down from heaven saying, I thought what I did was bad. What she did was worse, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, and it was so bad. Well, I saw that video go, I mean, like 5,000, 15,000, and it, it finally reached like 110,000 views on that thing. And I'm sitting here thinking, Oh my goodness, what have I, I was, I was scared. Because <laughs> I thought, what have I done? And so I put out a couple other videos and, uh, and, and, in long story short, in 21 days, I had like 920,000 minutes viewed on my channel. Um, I mean, my, my channel was a raging inferno of judge knots literally falling from the sky. And uh, I mean, it was like, I, like I, I, I was starting to fear for my life, man, <laughs> because I didn't know what was happening. And uh, so I, I kind of, I slowed it down a little bit. I kind of, I kind of took a couple of videos off. But the thing was, I caused a big firestorm on YouTube. And literally, I mean, it was like, like if you, if you typed in Lauren Daigle on Google, okay, my videos were like the second and third choice on Google results. Hmm. Okay. Like you could type in Lauren Daigle and it was like her homepage. And then it was like a Wikipedia. And then it was Spencer Smith trashing her and beating, beating her to death with the Bible, you know? <laughs> and so, um, it was, it was quite exciting for a little while. Um, uh, but I said, you know what? I said, I said, I've made my point. I've, I've, I've made my point. I said, watch this. I said, she's going to make a move real bad and it's going to be awful. And guess what? She came out and did a video and did an interview where she said, I am no longer a Christian singer. I am going mainstream pop. Okay. I said, been totally vindicated. I was right. I took my videos down and I moved on. So it's um, super interesting. It just what you're saying was what you're saying there. Basically, all you did was apply pattern recognition to something. You'd seen yeah. it happen again and again and again. Oh, yeah. And you saw it happening, about to happen, and you called it out. And people yeah. obviously just flipped out about it. But it's that's super interesting that when. Other men of God, such as yourself and others, do that, whether it's regarding CCM or and some other things we'll talk about in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. As soon as you it, – it, it's nuts. You know, people are like, oh, you, you're just slippery slope people. You're just, you're just saying, you know, you take one you know, step that direction, you're going to fall over. Yeah. That's kind of what we're saying. You're not that far off. What yeah. we're saying is we've only – and I understand I, I, I'm not saying this because I haven't lived long enough to see multiple iterations of this and multiple generations of it. But when these older men of God say, I've seen that happen before, and then young men my age say, no, 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 it's going to be different this time. Sure. What are you smoking? Do, do you really think it's going to be any different? 
Right, right. Well, I mean, that's the uh, from a political perspective, that's what we're saying to these millennials, these young, you know, college, you know, twenty year olds on college campus, and they're saying, you know, we're saying socialism doesn't work, and they're like, well, no, this this isn't real socialism. We're going to do it the right way, and 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 it's 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 something that has been done over and over and over again, and it's failed every time, and they just don't they don't listen. But the same is true in the even in the Christian world. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are that are. I mean, there's there's a group of independent Baptist guys now. I don't think they're independent Baptists. But they're they're saying, well, you know, we're going to take we're going to take we're going to stop judging people so hardly. We're going to kind of go softer. And 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 they're going basically just going contemporary. And we're just saying, hey, you know, Hybels has done this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rick Warren's done this. It's been done. It's been done and done and done. And it has failed every time. Ask Bill Hybels about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. okay? Uh, but people just the only thing people learn from history is nobody learns anything from history. Right, right. Well, that's, I'm, I'm in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, a, mess, a message I, I preached uh, somewhat recently, trying to remember where. But sometimes I wonder if it's more um, people really think it's going to be different this time, or if it's one of those things, as long as it's peace in my generation. Yeah, you think of Hezekiah, who he was told his sons are going to be taken to be made eunuchs and all this different crazy stuff. And he said, as long as there's peace in my time, it's all good. And then you have Solomon, who was told, I mean, one of the greatest kings to ever live, who was told, not in your time, but in your son's time, of course, Rehoboam's time, that the kingdom would be rent, two, two to go away, uh, ten to go away, and two to stay with Rehoboam, two tribes. And he could do nothing about it. But it's one of those things where, like, I can make it work for my generation, but we have no thought. And that's one of the things Pastor Treber, uh, were at my, the chancellor at Golden State Baptist College, where I went for my undergrad, one of the things he said was, and many other people have said this, but the biggest problem with, with what these guys are trying to do is there is never a second generation. You cannot point yeah. to a yeah. second generation. And, and don't, don't don't try to say, well, it's a multi-campus ministry, so they, they, re, uh, they multiplied. Or they started other churches. No, no, we're talking generational. We're not talking starting yeah. churches out of your churches. We're talking years and years down the road. It doesn't work. And so it's just pattern recognition. And the fact that people don't see it, just it, it, it boggles me sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I think short-sightedness is a sin. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's something that people just they, they, they don't think, where does this lead? What is this? What is the next generation going to do with this? How, how is this going to evolve? Uh, these, these people that are bringing a rock, rock and roll and, and all this kind of stuff into churches, they don't even know what they're doing. They have they literally have no idea what the next generation is going to do with this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there there's I mean, it, there are generational effects for this. OK, like, for example, you, you think of. Um, I mean, you think of guys like George Washington, okay? You and I today are beneficiaries of the choices he made back in his day, okay? Mm -hmm. And you and I, whether we realize it or not, today are making choices that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren are either going to be cursed by or blessed by. And so um, you have to take the long look at this stuff and realize, okay, uh, what are the things, what could go wrong here? Because if it, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. And, uh, right. and so, you know, that there's a lot of guys today and, 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 and here's the thing, here's the thing like, okay, Satan, I believe he convinces men to compromise, but when he convinces them to do that, he never gives them a bad motive for doing it. Okay. Right. Like, for example, if, like if you were to somehow go into the mind of Adolf Hitler, Adolf Hitler on some strange level probably thought he was doing the right thing. Right. OK. And that's the most that's an extreme example. But I mean, Eve thought she was doing something fine. She said, this is a good thing. I mean, this is this mm -hmm. is pleasant to the eyes. Good to be had for food. Uh, this isn't a bad thing. And she took it. And she man, we've been paying for that ever since. OK. And these guys, they bring in they bring in, you know, well, man, what if we just bring in a rock and roll? We just loosen the standards and we kind of just bring in a different version of the Bible, bring in more worldly, upbeat music into our church. You know, we can reach more people. And sure enough, their congregation triples and doubles. And, you know, they say that they don't have any more money troubles anymore. But they've, they've, but the thing is, is that what these people actually needed was a spiritual church that was grounded in the Word of God, and that didn't get them. All it did was build a crowd, and, and the next generation is going to pay for it. I mean, we're dealing with people now, especially in American culture, they don't even know that there's a difference between a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. Okay. We've got people today that are so delusional. They don't even understand that there is a such thing as male and female. They don't even understand that. Well, whose fault is that? Well, somebody back down the, the road set that in motion. And now this is the full fruit of that. Right. 
And so, you know, we got we got churches today, man. They I just I, I really fear for the next generation. I really do. It's it's not gonna get any better. Um but the thing is, I, I still have hope in this. I'm not, I'm not a doomsayer. If you study the the first Great Awakening, okay, basically the entire North American church was apostate. It was Anglican, Catholic. It was a bunch of not. I mean, everybody in the church was lost. There was nobody. And and a guy named Jonathan Edwards gets up and preaches a message called "Sinners in the Hands of Anger God." He says, "You people are going to hell in your religion and all this kind of stuff. You're not right with God." And God refreshed and revived and brought in a great harvest of souls in this thing. Okay, but the thing is, we've got. <clears throat> listen, if you were to walk down the streets of Akron, Ohio, and line up all these church people and ask them to tell you when they got saved, they can't tell you. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't even know what that is. Right. Okay. And and why is that? Because this generation of churches is not saved. Because this generation of churches compromised, and this generation of churches, you know, I don't know what. There's there's something down the line, and and down the line, you have an apostate, unsaved, unregenerate church membership. Mm-hmm. And then all these people are dying and go to hell thinking they're okay. Why? Because this generation compromises a little, and this generation compromises a little. And literally, a lot of these, a lot of these preachers who are bringing in rock and roll, and they, these people know who I'm talking about that are mm-hmm. bringing this rock and roll and, and bringing in all this nonsense into their churches, they are literally sending their own great-grandchildren to hell. Mm-hmm. And not, not, even great, not, not even great grandchildren. I mean, it, it, it progresses yeah. even faster, and it's nuts. One of the things that Pastor Grimaldi has has passed on to me, uh, my boss uh, here at First Baptist Church of Kenmore, uh, kind of the trifecta. There's uh, there's other markers too, but one of these three is normally the first to slip. It's either the yeah. music, the dress yeah. standards. Or the Bible. Yeah. It's normally sure. not the Bible first. Normally, it's one of the other two. But yeah. when music or dress standards slip, the Bible always follows. And what I mean is King James Version, the, yeah. the Texas Receptor. I'm, I'm talking about all the way back. And, and funny enough, I was listening to, and, and you, you probably know what I'm talking about. When, when I'm, I'm not going to get into throwing around names and stuff right now. Um, but I was, I was listening to, to somebody, someone you mentioned um, uh, that goes on the title New. And um, it, it was, it was, it was, let me pause right there. The thing, the funny thing is, all this new stuff when they attach the, the word new, really, they're just rehashing the same old apostasy. That's yeah. all they're doing. This the word new is, is they don't even have like, I hate to say they're stupid, but they're, they're stupid <laughs> for using that word new because it's not new, it's the same old garbage just rehashed with a different 21st century face on it. That's all right, right. Sorry. And, and, no, no, and, and it's funny, I knew the dress standards weren't there. And I knew the the music standards weren't there, but for some reason, in the back of my mind, I was thinking that these guys they're still they're still baptistic and they're still uh, King James only, and they're still holding the line on that. At least I know the next generation is not going to. And then I watched a YouTube video today, where yeah. it was someone asked the question. So I'm new to the I'm new to the journey, new to the path, and I, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not demeaning the. What's that? Oh, I hate that word journey. That is a buzzword. Right. For well, and, and, and honest, I, I'm not, I'm not demeaning the, the person that, that was asking the question. She, she, she didn't know any better where she was at, but they asked the question and said, what, what scripture, what, what, what book should I read? And literally one of the guys says, Oh, my favorite is the, um, the ESV for, for Bible study. Mine is the, uh, the NKJV, um, which is not from the, it's from the Westcott Hort side, obviously. And you can get all that another time, but then you have, and then, but if you want to read a paraphrase of the Bible and, and, and they said the paraphrase, they don't claim to be a translation, anything. And that, that, that may be true, but, uh, I, one guy said, I really like the message. The other guy said, I really like the NLT, the, the new life translation. And it blew my mind. I was like, I thought it was going to be the next generation that was going to lose the Bible. I thought this generation would give up the dress. This generation would give up the the music and the next generation. But no, we're talking like three years after I've ever heard this guy's name in the first place. And we're already so far beyond that. Forget taking Baptist off the sign yeah. it, it, to, to even call yourself. Because at what point... People say, "Oh, I know. I, I want to be a biblicist first before I'm a, a Baptist." And, and, and we can talk semantics all, all day long, but if you can't even figure out what Bible you should be reading, how mm. Baptist, how biblicist can you be if you can't even figure out the Bible? And it blew my mind. And that's why you said, you know, they're 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 they're, they're um, sentencing their grandchildren, their great grandchildren. You said 
it, it's it goes so much even quicker than that. It's nuts right. how, how fast these guys decide. Well, a, if a little bit's good, a lot must be better. It's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the thing is that like you know I I want my kids to have what I I've had. Okay, mm-hmm. I've sat under some of the greatest men of God ever. I, I mean, I've heard Lee Robertson preach. Uh, I've I've heard some great men of God, and I I just know what God did in my heart, and so. You know, as uh, when I was in middle school, I ran the relay race one time. I hated that. I hate running. Running's out of hell. I can't stand running. Uh, the Bible says the wicked fleeth when no man pursueth. Okay. So, uh, if you're, if, listen, if, if you see me running, you better be running too because something's going on. Okay. But um, I ran the relay race in middle school. And uh, and I we had to just practice handing the baton on over and over again. And I thought this is dumb. I mean, this is stupid. And but my coach told us that if you can't pass the baton, then you can't win. Okay. And that's the thing is that you know we're not. Uh, I, I I I want to pass my baton to my kids, and I want to pass my baton to the next generation. And I don't want to compromise that. I think the body of truth that we hold to is so precious and so right. Um, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I, um, I, I'm not going to bring this up, but I have a, I have a CD here of a preacher, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the title of the is Why Fundamentalists Are Turning Contemporary, okay? Mm. This, this CD is less than 10 years old. Guess mm. what? And who preaches this message is contemporary now. Wow. Okay, I keep this. I'll show you a little, a little who that is. Okay, I keep this on my desk because you know this man was notorious for selling his CDs, and he said it, the title is says why fundamentalists are turning contemporary. He's got a picture of NIV, a woman preacher. Um, it says uh, uh, taking the word Baptist off the sign, and it's got a picture of contemporary music on there. Okay, there's mm-hmm. four pictures on here, and this CD is less than ten years old, and the man who preached his message is now contemporary. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't, I don't want to be this guy. I don't want to. The body of truth, and by the way, th- this isn't controversial. This isn't. This is. This is like, like I'm surprised at all the, these big names who won't say this stuff. Okay, right. I really am. I'm. I'm really kind of surprised at that. But I mean, like, uh, you know, we have to hand something off, and we can't mess it up because if we mess it up, we're going to hand up s- something messed up the the next generation. And I'm burdened about this. And the thing is, over in Kenya, the, uh, Ken- Africa has made me this way. People think I, I got this way by being a fundamentalist in America. Africa has made me this way because I have seen um, how quick it is to ha- have a church infiltrated by bad doctrine, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, we've never had it with our churches, with our IBM churches, because we keep a pretty close tab on that. But I, I understand how how quick it is that creeps can creep in unawares, and next thing you know, it, you're so way off track. It's it's in bad shape. Okay, and um, and the thing is, independent Baptists need to need to wake up to this and realize that you know it's time to clamp down and draw the line and say you know we're not doing this no more. We're we're standing for us right, and that that's that's not controversial. I mean, like like if you just sit at a dinner table of independent Baptists in the early '90s, they'd all be having the same conversation. So. Mm-hmm. Know what happened with everybody today, but you know, I, I want to be one of the guys who actually says this, so right. And and you're exactly right, it's the next generation. And if you can't think far enough ahead, and, and you know, people think as long as I get 10, 15, 100, 5,000 more people in the building right now, we're good, everything is okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's pragmatism. And really, mm-hmm. pragmatism is the idea of whatever it takes to get it done, let's just get it done. The end justifies the means. And that was Billy Graham's philosophy. And, uh, you know, Billy Graham, bring the Catholics in because we'll get more people here. Let's bring the heretics in and get more people here. Let's bring in Jehovah's Witnesses, bring get more people here. Let's put a Mormon guy on the platform and call him a good Christian brother. It gets more people here. Pragmatism. And, you know, and, and, and sure, people got saved. But what did the next generation have? Right. We, we have a mess on our hands. We have a mess on our hands right now where everybody's calling evil good and calling good evil. And right. uh, it's, I don't it, know if it's unhelpful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's one of those things where sometimes I feel like you, you we need to stop. Um, <laughs> we, we just got to put our head down and just log the hours. Just got to go to work, man. It, it's like yeah. we get, and, and, and I'm not, it's funny. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about both sides of my mouth. You know, we're talking about it right now, but I feel like we're doing something about it too. We're mm-hmm. um, trying to, yeah. I, I'm trying to reach Akron. You're trying to reach Kenya. It, 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 we're, 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 you know, 
sometimes you gotta you just gotta light more candles to combat the dark um yeah and, and as it gets darker and darker and darker um the candles get more and more weird to those that are used to the dark yeah. and so yeah. you can't let that stop you yeah. you just got to keep going yeah. So exactly right, bro. And, and that's the thing. I, like I, we live in a time now. America has probably sank as low. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes I think we've hit the bottom of the barrel, and then the the bottom drops out, and we go deeper. And uh, you know, and to me, that this isn't depressing. This isn't. This really isn't even negative talk. It's just truth. Um, but like, I am so excited to be alive right now because. Mm-hmm. What a grand opportunity to shine for the Lord. I mean, right. really, you can you you can stand out so much more in the society today and just be a light for God. And I mean, I, I mean, I thank God for it. When I was in uh, when I was in college, I took a job as an X-ray clerk. I just kind of filed X-rays for uh, the doctors, and uh, you know, they they'd take the X-rays, and then I was the guy who took them to the doctor so the doctor could read them. Us, it was really a, just a fluff job. But I went in there and started talking about to these people that I worked with at the hospital. I said, "Man, you're not gonna believe what I what I learned in Bible doctrine." Today. I said, "I learned that the, the justification means means like you're 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 you have a different standing with God. It's not that your sins are wiped out; it's that you're not even considered a sinner." In anymore. And I would talk about explain that to these people in the, in the hospital there that I worked with. And man, I had, I had an employee tell me about a year later, said, man, everybody in this hospital was talking about you for like six months, man, because you <laughs> just won't shut up about the Bible. And, and, you know, and, and, and I thought, praise God, praise right. the Lord. You know, I mean, I, that, that thrilled me. I was excited about that. And so, right. you know, it gets dark, but you know, the light shines brighter, you know? Yeah, and, and I've, I've been tossed around this whole, and this kind of circles back, you know, snake eating its own tail, to why we're here right now at all. And yeah. I've been tossing around this this thought, this idea of doing this, talking to people I want to talk to. And I, I told you right before we started, the reason I started this was because there are dozens of people that I'd like to have a two-hour conversation with that I don't have a good excuse to. But a podcast, live stream, whatever, it's a it's a good excuse. And so um, but I was tossing around, you know, and sometimes you get in your own head and it's not even necessarily what what other people will think or anything like that. It's just like, should I should I not? And then the thought that it keeps occurring to me is it's like if I'm if I'm going to live, I'd like to live tip of the spear. You know, if I was going to join the military, I don't want to be a refrigeration tech and nothing against them. But I'd like right. to be a guy kicking down doors and, you know, being one of the first guys to, you know, to, to see Osama bin Laden. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to be that guy. Yeah. And so if I'm going to live as a Christian, same thing applies. I'd like to be tip of the spear. I'd like to be mm-hmm. going all out because, you know, I don't, I, I don't I, we need them, but I don't want to be a refrigeration tech for Jesus. You know, sure. I don't want to be, be just a, you know, a motor pool monkey, you know. So mm-hmm. but that, that kind of brings back to why I'm doing this. So on that note, we we in uh, well, the public eye in secular world in all of that we have controversial opinions and to, to transition away from maybe the spiritual we could talk about that for a while i'd like i would like to talk a little bit of sports with you because spencer yeah. and i got to coach together the past couple of years at the midwest christian boys football camp we both both enjoy football brother smith uh played some pretty high level high school football and all that and uh, but what are what is your most controversial sports opinion about any sport any, any aspect of sports that you think would just rankle people might get those 900,000 minutes viewed if you were to say it, utter it out loud? Well, um, any team that comes out of California is just a bunch of dirt bags. That's my opinion. So. <laughs> so does that mean does that mean that you are rooting for the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Yes, absolutely. All right. All right. Well, I can respect that as a yeah. Patriots fan. I, I can respect that. So well, a lot I'll of people you, ain't never cheated ever in his life. <laughs> that whole plate gate was a bunch of stupid nonsense, a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of sore loser, bunch of cult people who were talking about, you know, let a, let a, like a fourth of an ounce of air out of, out of a ball. I mean, are, are we, are we in Looneyville here? I mean, come on, let's get real. Tom Brady put 40 points up against you and you got slaughtered and you're going to blame some ball boy for letting air out of the ball when it's like, know 10 degrees outside it didn't even matter anyway so listen tom brady's the best there is bill belichick 
he just finds a way to beat everybody and y'all just sick of getting beat. And that's just basically all that is to that. That's my controversial opinion. You know, and that's why I had John Spencer because yeah. we see eye to eye on that. You know, yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't split. If you went uh, CCM and if, if you, you post a music <laughs> video with your shirt off, I, I wouldn't really care. <laughs> But if, if, you, if, if we couldn't agree on this, then we wouldn't be able to have fellowship. So I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad we can have fellowship on that. So prediction then, Super Bowl coming up. It just happens to be Super Bowl week. Everyone's talking about it, obviously. And, and honestly, too much. I actually – I don't watch any sports from end of January to beginning of February because I hate Super Bowl coverage, even when it's my team, because it's yeah. the same numbskull talking heads talking about it all the time. But uh, I guess yeah. I am a numbskull talking head right now. What's your prediction for how, how it ends up? A, a major comeback for the ages, a la uh, Atlanta Falcons, Patriots, or what, what do you think? Or do they slaughter them out of the gate? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, all, I, all I'm going to say is, okay, the Rams and the Chiefs played each other on a Monday night football, probably the best Monday night football game ever to be played. Mm -hmm. Okay. A legendary game of football. That thing was so close and the Patriots slaughtered that Kansas city Chiefs team in the, in the playoffs. Okay. Slaughtered them. And that's almost say Rams ain't got a chance. All right. So I hope you're right. My prediction, probably going to be four touchdowns for the Patriots, probably going to be two for the Rams. Uh, it may it may end up being a fourth quarter thing because that, that's the greatness of Tom Brady. Like if you're down by six points and you've got a minute left, okay, Tom Brady is your quarterback. That's, that's the man who will make it happen, okay? Mm -hmm. And so um, – you know that's that's just really it. I mean, the, the, I, I, they may win at the last moment, but I just I just don't see the Patriots losing this one. I just don't. Especially, have, did you notice how big that left tackle is for the Patriots? He's a big boy. He's a big boy. That's a man. Mm -hmm. That is a man. They, Six they, foot they eight, big. pounds. Played for Florida, and and he's the biggest man on the field. Mm -hmm. My goodness, he's well, gonna. He's going to get done with football and go straight to the emergency room. He's that big. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think an interesting matchup is going to be Aaron Donald versus the front five of the Patriots. Obviously, that's going to be really interesting. But And you have Ndamukong Sue and all that. But I feel like nobody schemes better than Bill Belichick. And I, I, so I don't feel like – I think, you know, Gronk is going to be chipping people. Uh, you're going to have, you know, a Devlin, the fullback, coming out of the backfield, chipping people and yeah. all that. So I and, – and, and, you know, had um, the Falcons, I believe they had Dwight Freeney at the time coming off the edge. The yeah. Falcons did. And what happened? They dominated for the first half and they got tired. So yeah. if you keep – and the Patriots, oh, it was so beautiful when they kept the Chiefs defense on the field – they, they held the ball for the first seven and a half minutes of the game, yeah. just yeah. grinding, grinding, grinding. And, and they got to, the Chiefs' uh, defense line got tired as well. I don't think Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, now if they can, more power to them. But I don't think they can keep consistent pressure on Brady for no. an extended period of time in spurts. But as overpowering as Aaron Donald is, you can't be that overpowering four quarters straight, you know? So I, I don't no. think that. Yeah. No. So no way. Are, are you are you a Falcons fan then? Yeah, I, I like the Falcons, but they severely let me down. <laughs> and uh, like, like I'm, I'm I'm wanting these guys to be the pallbearers my funeral so they can let me down one more time. And uh, you know, just terrible. And and but yeah, I, the Falcons had a real bad year. But I've I've always liked the Falcons. I grew up in Atlanta, of course. And so, um, but uh, you know, really the team that I've always. Uh, I've always gone for. I, I I love watching the Patriots just kill everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I really have enjoyed that. I have I, and Tom Brady to watch that man play is legendary, mm -hmm. and so that's always been a guy. If if Patriot games on, I'm watching it. I don't care. There you go. There you go. And uh, we lost a few viewers during that Patriots segment, but I don't really care because yeah. this is my program. Yeah. If you want to talk about another football team, you feel free. Um, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about the Patriots a little bit here. But um, so you, what, what what else occupies your time? You got missionary work. You got you writing some books, making a few videos and things. Um, right. Watching a little bit of sports every once in a while, some Patriots games. What else? Yeah. Family time. What, what else? What else occupies the Spencer Smith's time? Do you, are we still? Here's a question: Are we still making? magical memes that's, that's yeah but i'm 
I'm not sharing them nearly as much anymore. I, uh, I need to, um, I need to make my own meme page. You know, what's funny. Like I'll make a chart or something or a meme or something and I'll put mm-hmm. it on Facebook. Next thing I see it everywhere, uh-huh. everywhere. And nobody shared mine. Well, I, th- I think, I think you need to learn two things. Number one, sharing is caring. Number two, yes. you need to learn how to put a watermark on your stuff. That's what you need. Well, here's the thing. Okay, I, I said, I said I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna try this for a month. Okay, I'm gonna put a meme out maybe once a week. Okay, I put four memes out. Two of them, okay, were okay. They didn't have a watermark on them. They're everywhere, going everywhere. Okay. I put two of the best, I mean, I'm talking like straight fire memes. Okay. <laughs> like straight awesome. And I put a little watermark on them. They didn't go nowhere. Ah, uh, so, okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So that, that's how it goes. So people, people shy away because they know it could be traced back. So I, I understand that. I understand that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if people just hate my guts or what, but whatever, you know, that, that, that might be it, but you, you're a pretty lovable guy. You're a pretty lovable guy. I know. People love me, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I worry about that. So pray for me. So who we're winding down a little bit here. Who do you think would be a re, who would be somebody that you would be really interested to hear? Not my side of the conversation, but be really interested to hear uh, our hour and a half conversation with somebody that you think from from our circles that you'd really like that I should throw an invite out to. No guarantee they pick it up, but who do you think I should throw one out to? Well, um, I'd hate to throw him under the bus, but I think Oliver Reza would be a pretty good one. Well, and, you know, he, uh, he actually just joined Watch for just a few few seconds here. I'm okay. not sure if he's still on or not. I actually yeah. think I might have sent him one already, but he's going to be with us on February 10th for I Love My Church Sunday over Valentine's really? Day weekend or so. And so that might be one of our first in-person um, ones. We'll see if he's if he's up for it. Obviously, he does radio all the time. So adding a camera to it, I don't think should be too uh, too hard, too big of a deal. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if he's interested. If not, it's all right. But I, I have a couple other people that I threw, threw out invitations to. Got a couple yeses from another missionary. Um, a couple other folks have a really interesting one that you might want to listen to. Um, we're going to set up a, a lady. Actually, she'll be the first. She'll break the glass ceiling here on my <laughs> live um but she is a um she works at first Baptist hammond i believe for city baptist for for, for the bus kids school um and she does a i want to i want to say the, the name it's called mission arrow or something like that she's a air force pilot actually i don't know if she's still in reserves or, or what but it's basically like a stem program for the kids in city baptist training some kids to become missionary pilots and if they decide that that's not God's calling for them, they can still obviously take all the stuff they learn um, and go into uh, you know, a lot of STEM fields and things like that. So I'm really excited about having her on. She, I think she went to Antarctica yeah. in the last year or two, and so it'll be cool to talk about. But yeah, so that, one's, that one I'm really excited about. That might happen this week or sometime soon. So those of you that are watching, yeah. stay tuned for it. But yeah. So that that'll be uh that'll be very cool. So, man, I appreciate you coming on. I really do. And yeah. uh, any kind of parting words for we've stirred up some stuff haven't hasn't gone uh, uh i don't think we've gotten too deep in the weeds we'll have to do this again very soon um yeah. any any parting words for the folks listen listen chicken wings you have to make them in the oven you can't make them on the grill because the grill cooks them too quickly so you want to maintain the juices so the, the grill actually gets the juices out of there, kind of makes chicken jerky out of it. So don't do that. Um, you know, make sure you set them on a nice 350, plan on about an hour, and make sure you keep the sauce on them while you're grilling them or while you're cooking them in the oven. And make sure you use tinfoil or else you're going to get that junk all over the pan and your wife's going to be mad at you. But, yeah, um, I just made some chicken wings. I'm going to go eat them right now. So that's been good. But yeah. let's, let's, oh, no, listen, let me give you another thing, okay? Um, there's a marinade called Dale's Marinade, okay? okay. It's, it's, it's got like a black uh, – picture of a of a like a pig on the front okay use that on ribeye steaks and what you do is you put, take a gallon freezer bag put a ribeye steak in there one of them good 14 in uh, 14 ones that's about that thick okay put that in a freezer bag and then put some dale seasoning in there but leave it in there about 15 minutes because that stuff's really salty and then take it out and then make sure you you, you put it on the grill at the make sure the grill is about 600 put it on the grill for three minutes on one side three minutes on the other three minutes on one side three minutes on the other for a total of 12 minutes and you will have the most 
wonderful ribeye to ever come into your mouth ever in your life. And uh, just that's that. Listen, if I if I die tonight, I want to leave that with the world. That's my secret. Do that. There you go. Well, this is Spencer Smith, y'all. Now, for those three people that are still watching on Facebook, we have some, one or two on YouTube, a couple on Twitch and, and all that. But for the people that are watching right now, I currently have zero subscribers on YouTube, Spencer Smith. So you could actually, actually be the first one, Spencer. You could be the yeah. first subscriber on YouTube. So if you would help me out, I mean, Spencer, you are a glutton on YouTube. We got what, three? How many do you have right now? 3,000 subscribers, something like that? Yeah, let me see here. Actually, I got uh, uh, two thousand eight hundred thirty. Uh, okay, two thousand eight hundred. Awesome. Not over three thousand. What's your name on Twitter or uh, YouTube? Micah McCurry. Same. Micah McCurry. M I C A H. Yeah, that's me. So yeah, maybe you, you can be the very first. I'll get a notification as soon as we log off. But hey, I appreciate Brother Smith coming on again. Missionary to Kenya. Um, got a lot of other things going on uh wrote a book recently where can they buy your book at amazon or where yeah they can they can just search my book on amazon it's called calling evil good by spencer smith and uh, it's it's on amazon man you can you can find it and they'll send one of these right to your door they, so. there you go simple as all that well man i appreciate it greatly we are at 59 minutes and 20 seconds we're gonna cut this thing off in 40 seconds as soon as it gets to an hour it'll be our first hour broadcast i appreciate it you heard it here Spencer Smith thinks that the Patriots are going to win um, in the last 25 seconds. Last words, man, before we before we cut this thing off. Uh, you know, wise man once said, wherever you go, there you are. There you go. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Those of you that are watching, we might be live again very soon with a young lady named Jennifer Ruth Green with Mission Arrow. We've got a couple of, a couple other people in the pipeline. 59 seconds, 55 seconds, 59 minutes, 55 seconds. We're cutting off. Thanks so much. We will see you all very soon. Thank you for tuning in for this second episode with Brother Spencer Smith. Thanks, Spence, for helping me out. Greatly appreciate it. Had a great time. Check out the next couple episodes. More good stuff. Not from me. From my interviewees. You were listening to Michael McCurry Live.